Hello and welcome back to Lost in the Long Boxes. I'm Ryan and we are back from a fairly lengthy hiatus. Uh, moving forward, this season is going to be somewhat of a reboot as we have now officially added co-host Steve Harris, who you all know from past episodes, as well as uh, Joshua Cunningham, who is a, a, an old friend for me and a new friend for Steve. Uh, as you can all probably recall, I've been moaning and groaning for the past two years worth of episodes about not having someone to talk to about this stuff, and I'm really looking forward to having that opportunity to do so now. Uh, beyond that, the addition of Steve and Josh has been a lot of changes on the back end, the uh, logistical side of things, as you'll all be uh, you'll all be seeing unfold here over the next week. Uh, lots more promotion over various outlets, lots more content with all three of us doing weekly reviews per our new back of the long box review segment that will be available via our Facebook page. Um, we're considering doing uh, you know, solo episodes, uh, you know, audio episodes on Anchor of our reviews. We're not sure yet whether or not we're going to implement that. Um, along with merchandise, we now have, we now have a spread shop and we have swag to sell you, and that can be found at our spread shop, which will be linked in the episode description. Uh, just one design as of the time of this recording, but we've got t-shirts, mugs, handbags, and more to come. Uh, lastly, we are moving forward with our Patreon, and that can be found at patreon.com slash lost in the long boxes. We've had it for a while. I only really sporadically mention it in episodes. Uh, but we have started to work out tiers uh, for our Patreon as you know as well, and, and those are forthcoming, but it's looking like we'll be avoiding having any exclusive content or whatever, you know, uh, mainly because, as I've said from day one, the show's free for you, and it always will be. But we will have some really great special perks, like uh, getting a chance to guest host an episode, you can pick topics, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. So anyway, uh, this episode is going to be a bittersweet one, as we are going to be talking about the life and works of the late Vince Morris Jr. Now, as of the time of this recording, Vince passed away about two weeks ago, and I guess I'll I guess I'll actually give you all account. I guess you all I guess I'll give you all an account of my experience, you know, with with Vince and and how he first came on my radar. Uh, so basically, I, I had just joined a, uh, a comics creators group on Facebook. I'd started drawing again, you know, when I was younger, I, I had done comics. and so I, I've kind of I've mentioned this in past episodes and everything. Long story short, I started to see these, uh, these little, like, one-page, these little one-page comics, you know, this, this guy was posting. And, I mean, at the time, you know, I... I I don't know what I was thinking at the time, but they just looked kind of rudimentary to me and kind of simple. But I, you know, I noticed over time that they were each one of these installments was telling a a greater story and everything. I started to realize that this guy is doing one of these every single day and posting them immediately. And he's doing an entire page. He's doing an entire page of a comic book every single day and just busting them out. And it blew my mind. Uh, Long story short, I never had the opportunity to talk to Vince um, via like private message or even via like a comment kind of conversation on Facebook. But I I, I quickly learned that uh, I quickly realized that he was definitely he was a phenomenon. And and that all being said, I have since seen in two weeks' time uh, between the comics creators group I previously mentioned 
and the network of people I, I've met sort of via that forum, uh, this incredible outpouring of love and appreciation for Vince uh, from the indie comics community to the comics community at large. You know, this guy really, really showed us all that those times, you know, that you tell yourself, like, I, I can't draw a comic, I, I can't do this, I can't do that. That was abjectly, completely wrong. So with me today, I do have Vince's sister, Amber Workman. And Amber, I'm going to give you a chance to introduce yourself, and then we're going to get into some questions. How's that sound? Yeah, sure. Hello, everybody. My name is Amber Morris Workman, and I am Vincent Morris Jr.'s younger sister. Now, uh, I understand, as I've talked to you a little bit in, uh, in the last few days, that you and your brother actually, uh, you drew together and made comics together. Is that true? Or We didn't actually make comics together, but we did draw together um, quite a bit. Uh, he was actually the comic book artist. Uh, that's what he focused on. Um, okay. I was more into everything else. Uh, like, I was an architecture major at UB. So, you know, I was into drawing everything else but comics, really. I mean, I could kind of, but it really wasn't my interest on the same level as his. Okay, okay. Uh, so what do you think your brother's early inspirations were for Kid Intense? Were there any movies or comics that inspired him in particular? Or? Oh, yeah. Um, Superman is one of the uh, the biggest ones. And I want to say uh, Captain Marvel. And Captain Marvel, okay. Mm-hmm. So what were some of the factors that kept your brother going and making his comic, you know, continue month to month? Because as I understand it, once he started Kid Intense, he just did it all the time, right? It was a constant. Um, he was like that even as a child. I remember him being as young as like six, seven years old, carrying around just stacks of artwork that he had drawn. Um, my my mom would take us to work with her because she was a secretary. So he would like use up whole reams of paper and just draw on them. He was always like that. He was just as dedicated as a child as he was as an adult. Oh, wow. And what did the rest of your family think about uh, Vince's comics and stuff? Um, they liked it. Uh, they liked it. They, I, I believe they felt the same way I did. They liked it and they loved the fact that he was just so dedicated to it and he was so passionate about it. Um, even more so when he, you know, really started, you know, printing and going to comic book signings. And I, I thought that was a really good thing for him. I loved seeing him branch out as an artist. For sure. How uh, how old was he when he first, uh, you know, published his first uh, Kid Intense book? Ooh, let's see. I have a comic book from 2010. I think it might have been a little longer than that, though. No, actually, this comic book is from 2009. And I think he might have been doing it um, a little longer than that, though. So at least about 11, 12 years, I, I believe. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, so he... Where where, uh, where does he distribute through his Kid Intense stuff? Is it online mostly, or does he have anything uh, in stores? Or If I remember correctly, I believe it's online right now because he was with, um, I believe it was Faith Blade Comics. I don't think they had anything okay. in print yet. Okay, yeah, I think I saw some, some links to Faith Blade. They were, uh, they were showing off some old Kid Intense stuff, yeah, on the uh, mm -hmm. creators group, you know. So, uh, so what similarities and traits do you think that Kid Intense has to your brother? Um, Kid Intense is young. He's a 16-year-old uh, boy, and 
Vince always had that youthfulness. So that youth kind of reminded me of him. He always had like a a childlike innocence to him. Okay. And do you think that Kid Intense was kind of his way to like hold on to that maybe and personify it? Yes. Yes. What uh, so what what messages or philosophies? I know you said like childlike innocence, but what other sorts of ideologies do you think that your brother was uh, was trying to send with Kid Intense, or what kind of message do you think he would he would send now? Um, I believe it depends on what's going on. Um, like say for an example, take this pandemic. Um, there was I recently found a video of him, you know, talking about how he felt about the pandemic. Um, so I believe that, you know, he would pretty much say that, you know, just, you know, social distance, keep your hands clean and um, we can get through this together, basically. I, I believe he would offer encouraging words. I think so, too. So and I asked you before if you were OK with me getting into this, because, you know, as we know, uh, Vince, Vince was autistic. Um, what mm -hmm. advantages are what advantages or uh, strengths did your brother bring to the process of creating comics that maybe somebody who wasn't on the spectrum might have not had? Dedication. Yeah. Hands down, I want to say dedication. Because honestly, I don't think I've, it's rare to see that level of dedication. For sure. You said six or seven years old, he got started, huh? Right. Yeah, Wow. When he first started, was he just doing sketches or was he drawing like whole pages and stuff? He was drawing whole pages. Oh my word. What? Dude would never, he, would, he would never sketch first. He would just like take a pen and just draw entire pages. I'm like the opposite. I have to sketch first and then I got to, you know, color it and everything else. But this dude, he was just drawing whole pages just straight off the rip. And he's been doing it oh, since wow. he was a child. So he never even wrote a script or nothing, huh? He just went. Right. So, um, you know, you mentioned that you're into art and stuff, too. And uh, so you said you work as an, as an architect. Is that what you do? or? Well, architecture was my major when I went to UB. This was like 20 years ago. <laughs> um, I still draw from time to time. I'm not as dedicated to it as I should be. But honestly, I, I think I'm, I'm going to start picking it back up. But I'm actually an IT guy. I'm a system administrator for um, a small college here in Boston. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I've historically done IT work, yeah, mostly too. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. It must be interesting running the, uh, so are you doing help desk? Is that what you're doing over there? Or? Mainly, yes. Yep. It must be interesting right now with the pandemic and so many students uh, remoting in and stuff, right? It is, because right now all of our classes are on Zoom. Um, it's a nursing school, so the clinicals, you have to do that in person. So we're in the process of trying to figure that out now. I'm sure that will be quite a process, too, to figure out. We're trying to get social right. distancing and all that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, let's see here. What type of uh, what type of legacy would you like to see for uh, your brother and for Kid Intense in the future? Yeah, moving forward. Um, I am in the process of trying to figure that out because I um I guess you could say I've been given a challenge by my brother in law. 
Um, he pretty much challenged me the day of his funeral right from the pulpit to keep Kid Intense going. And that's what I plan to do. The thing is, though, I'm just trying to figure out how, you know, best to do it. What have you, uh, what have you had for ideas so far, if you don't mind my, my asking? Um, my mother actually wants to start a foundation, so she wants to start with that. Um, I am looking to see about keeping the comic books going. Um, if I have to, you know, do some of the artwork and the storylines myself, um, um, you know, I'm fine with starting that process as well. So you've thought about, uh, you thought about just continuing kid intense yourself. Right. Have you had any ideas for stories or anything moving forward with kid intense? Um, no, not yet. I've been going through his artwork, um, and I've been going through the, uh, printed comic books that he does have, and he has a ton. I literally have boxes of artwork, so no, I have not come up with anything yet. Oh, wow. Was there really that much stuff? You're still pouring through it, yeah? (laughs) Yeah. I want to say he, oh, he has an impressive comic book collection, so I'm, I'm trying to go through that as well to get some inspiration um, but I want to say he had probably had more artwork than he actually had comic books. Okay. Wow. Wow. It's, so do you have any, uh, so, so you, you definitely have plans in the future to, uh, try to publish some of that stuff, whether it's, uh, publishing what he already had or maybe doing some, some new stories yourself? Yes. Um, okay. I did notice that, you know, some of the comic books that he did, um, some of the you know the proceeds went to charity i'm going to see about you know continue to continuing to do things like that as well for sure yeah what what are some charities do you want to do you want to plug anything on the show we'd love to you know bring light to um well he did do um a book that uh, the proceeds went to the women and children's hospital buffalo i'd like to do something like that Mm -hmm. um or, you know, maybe just like, you know, to homeless shelters, you know, things that are near and dear to my heart. For sure. Yeah. Um. So let's see, outside of Kid Intense, can you, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, you probably don't want to sit and give us his whole life story, but do you want to give us kind of a, a picture of who Vince was outside of comics and Kid Intense and stuff? Sure. Um, he was a, um, what you see is what you get kind of guy. So, you know, what you saw online is really who he was. He was really just that transparent. Um, he was a sweet person. He's, um, he was a gentle giant, you know, he would never even hurt a fly. Um, you know, he, all he really cared about was his comic books, uh, his girlfriend or, you know, his wife, I'm sorry. And his job, really. That's that's pretty much it. You know, he was happy with those three things. So he, uh, you, you th- I think you told me previously that he uh, he worked in the restaurant industry, right? He was a dishwasher and. Yes, at Applebee's, he was for about eleven years. Okay, and he said that he kind of worked late hours, right? Yeah, sometimes he worked late. Sometimes he worked during the day. Um, his hours seemed to vary quite a bit. Uh, he was very proud of his job. He he okay. loved going into work. When he didn't work, he just he just didn't feel right. Oh really? Yeah, he he couldn't handle not having something to do. Mm-hmm. 
He couldn't handle yeah. being bored. Um, he was always moving. He couldn't. He really couldn't handle sitting still. He was always moving around, always pacing, and um, wouldn't exactly call him a talkative person. Um, but he was always moving around. Okay. You said he was diagnosed. Uh, you told me previously that he was diagnosed when he was six with autism. Correct. Um, age three, actually. Age three. Okay. I'm so I'm sorry. I mm-hmm. misremembered. That's okay. Yeah, my mom told me age three. Uh, well, at the time, let's see, he's three years older than me. So yeah, it's, it's right around the time I was born. Um, she said that he just stopped talking. He developed like a normal little boy all the way up until age three, and he just stopped talking. Do you think that potentially comics might have brought him out of his shell, uh, you know, when he was six or seven, when he first started drawing them? That is very, very possible. Um, Because, I mean, if uh, looking back at some of the pictures that we've taken and just looking back at some of the events, I remember being like maybe like two or even like three years old and him being obsessed with Superman. He had a Superman figurine, I think I was about three years old at the time, and he would not let that thing out of his sight. So, I, really? I, you know, there's, it's very possible that comic books could have brought him out of his shell. That's really interesting. I, I mean, I've heard of, I've heard, you know, I, uh, I'm diagnosed with, with Asperger's and everything, and I've heard, of, I've heard of people that are on the spectrum being otherwise having trouble with social situations until they find their thing, their niche that brings them out, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And now that you bring that point up, I never really thought of it in those terms. But I mean, now that you mention it, that could very well possibly have been the case. You know, the comic books could have, you know, brought him out of his shell. But yeah, go ahead. You were saying. Oh, I was just going to ask um, if it was difficult uh, for your for your parents. Um, you know, when they found out about his diagnosis and stuff. I know it was kind of a different time than autism wasn't really as accepted. Right. You know. Right. And a lot of people didn't really know anything about it. Um, So, yeah, it was tough. I want to say it was tough on all of us, even as, you know, his sisters, Um, because, you know, back in the 80s, it was almost unheard of. And he was bullied so much because of it. I can't tell you how many times I had to defend that dude because, you know, him being on the spectrum, people thought he was retarded and they would call him names and but they really didn't, you know, they didn't know that he was as intelligent and as gifted as he was. For sure. D- do you think that, once again, Kid Intense might have been like a uh, a reaction to the bullying for him, like a way for him to kind of defend himself through the character? Very possible. That is very possible. That could have been like his way of dealing with the bullying. Yeah, it sounds like that might have been the case. But he was he was actually bullied all the way up until the time he graduated uh, high school. So, yeah, that could very well have been the case. Did he uh, did he end up going to uh, did he attend college or? No, he always did want he wanted to. And I encouraged him to do it, but he never even he never even tried to do it. Yeah. Do you think that basically outside of work, he spent most of his time just doing doing his comics for the most part? Or Yes. Yes. Even his work breaks. <laughs> oh, really? His co-workers would tell me that, yes, he would even be drawing Kid Intense comic books on his on his breaks. <laughs> That's so funny. I can totally picture it. <laughs> yep, I can, too. <laughs> 
uh, seeing some of the photos and stuff that you shared on the comic creators group, it looks like he was definitely close to the family, though. So he was, I mean, he had like a pretty strong relationship with all of you guys, I take it. Uh, yeah. Um, and he and I were actually the closest of the four. And I believe the reason why is because, you know, our older sisters, they're, you know, they're kind of like, they're, they're older, older. Um, this one sister's, uh, five years older than him. The other sister is seven years older than him. So, and we, we oh. were three years apart. So not only that, my sisters are from my mom's first marriage and me and Vinny are from my mom's second marriage. So we spent more time together. Um, we, you know, I we always okay. had to play together. <laughs> and then on top of that, in the summertime, we'd have to go down to Wappingers Falls or Poughkeepsie for the summer to go, you know, with our dad. So we spent a lot of time together. Okay, so you guys were like best friends, then I take it. Yes. Did you uh, did you and Vince ever do any art projects together, or did you ever help him with any ideas for his characters or comics or anything? Um, I did try. <laughs> I stopped trying. Um, I want to say like about ten years ago, I stopped trying. And I used to try, you know, all from the time we were kids all the way up until, I want to say maybe about 15, 20 years ago. Um, but he he really didn't want like any kind of input or anything like that. So I had to learn to step back and let Vinny do Vinny. And he was happiest right. that way. I can understand that. It sounds like that was like maybe a thing that was like it was his his way of controlling his world kind of was through kid intense, you know. Yes, so. Absolutely. But I wanna say he was probably one of the most transparent people I've ever met. Really? Yeah. And honestly, uh just looking back and he was actually the he was the best brother anybody could really ask for. Honestly. Um as a ch as a child, I grew up kind of frustrated because you know him being on the spectrum. He, I had to be like that big little sister and take care of him and make sure he's okay and keep people from bullying him. And I found myself frustrated as a child. I didn't fully appreciate Vinny who Vinny was until we became adults. Um, okay. And you know we weren't living up under the same roof and we you know still you know maintain contact and we would you know phone calls and i would you know go down there and visit him i appreciated him more than did he live uh did he live far away from you uh yeah five and a half hour drive yes yeah because i i still live in buffalo he was living in well i guess technically it was wappingers falls even though he worked in poughkeepsie um but yeah he he lived pretty far away from me, I want to say, for about 18 years. For 18 years, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, I know, like, me and my sister, we obviously, like, most brothers and sisters didn't have, like, the, the tightest friendship or relationship till we got older either, right. so I think that's kind of common, you know? Mm-hmm. Of course, now, now she lives super far away, and, <clears throat> excuse me, she works for the FBI and stuff, you know, so I never see her. But... Ah. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, she's got to be busy. <laughs> yeah, I'd say she's probably pretty busy. <laughs> not, not like her older brother who's making comic book podcasts. Not busy. 
No, I was just going to say, you're pursuing your passion, she's pursuing her passion, so it's all good. <laughs> For sure, you know, and like me and the guys have been talking so much about this uh, this interview and about Kid Intense, and just like, uh, you know, I I historically used to draw comics and stuff when I was younger too, but like kind of finding out about Vince, because I only found out about Vince about a month before he passed away when I joined the comic oh, creator wow. group. I've started going back to my old uh, comics and stuff I used to draw, and I've started drawing again, so. <laughs> nice! Nice. So Vinny made you want to pick up a pencil again, too. <laughs> I think, yeah, me and a lot of people, I think he really just lit a fire under a lot of people's butts to start, you know, drawing. Yeah. And... Yes, he did, and I love to see it. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too, and, and you know, I, I, I think it's uh, Dave Jackson, is that his name, was putting together the big compilation mm -hmm. of, yeah, I'm really excited to see that. I was going to write a story for me it, too. but I've been so busy with the podcast. So. <laughs> ah, okay. But, uh, yeah, I think that should do it. Um, I do, I really want to um, thank you expressly, and, uh, you know, for me and Steve and Josh, our condolences to your family, if there's anything we can do in any way to help or you know, raise awareness of anything you all need. Um, we're, we're really, really glad to have the opportunity to use our show to bring attention to your brother's work because he actually did what so many people like only dream of, you know, throughout their life. He, he set out to make a comic and he didn't let anything stand in his way. And uh, I think if the rest of us had an ounce, an ounce of his drive or determination, there would be a lot more great uh, comic books and stories out there. Right, exactly. Yeah, there's one thing that's one thing that stands out so much about Vinny. He did not self-sabotage. He fully believed in himself. I saw like big envelopes when I was cleaning out his um his apartment, big envelopes and they were addressed to like Walt Disney Studios or Warner Brothers Studios. He did not uh let anything or anyone stop him from his dream. Really? You don't say he was sending out his stuff to Disney and stuff like that. Wow. Yes. And he had been doing so for a while now. I have a feeling, Amber, that we, we, we have not seen the... I think we're seeing just the beginning of Kid Intense right now. I have a feeling that your brother is going yes. to propel to stardom. <laughs> yeah, he, he may just well be. He may just well propel to stardom. I just wish he could have been here to see it, though. I, I do too. I do too. It's, it's so It really bums me out because, you know, like I said, I, I only really found out about him shortly before he passed and I would have loved to maybe send him a message and, and talk to him, you know, and stuff, maybe get him on the show. That would have been really great, you know? Yeah. But you know. Yeah, he's in a better place now. I know he's, he's in a better place. It's just that I miss him. I miss my brother. Yeah. I I know I'm sure I can't I can't even imagine I've never lost a sibling but I can't even picture what kind of what kind of you know feelings are going through your head plus it was just last week you had the funeral and and all that uh -huh. you know well yeah. you know Amber we we hope that Vince can be an enduring symbol of inspiration for other people like we talked about of you know what what one person can do when they're armed with with their art and their dream and what they can accomplish with that you know and, exactly yeah absolutely for sure well hey you know it was uh it was great having you on the show amber and if you ever want to come on again maybe talk about you know future plans or upcoming stuff for kid intense or you just want us to plug something we'll, we're here you know just let me know 
Okay, great. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, thank you so much. You're welcome. Take care. And for those of you that might be interested in finding out ways that you can help support any of the number of causes that Vince believed in, or if you'd like to find out if there's any way that you can help his family during this time, there will be contact information right in the episode description. Uh, thank you all for tuning in once again. I'm Ryan. This is Lost in the Long Boxes, and we'll talk to you next time.